The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This. Um, before I bring back in my esteemed guest from the University of Virgin Islands, um, Professor Sharon Allery and um, student, uh, president, uh, journalism president, newspaper president, uh, Kira Edwards. Uh, let me give a quick uh, program note tonight at 7 p.m., the PBS News Hour at 8 p.m. Uh, Musher, explore the life of four sled dog races over the course of a year, right? And then nature comes out at nine, journey to Lapland, where tales of Santa Claus mingle with hardy wildlife and stunning landscapes. That's from nine to 10. Then we got Nova, right? Explore new archeological evidence of the stunning engineering of the Great Pyramid of, I guess it's Geza or Geza, right? That's Nova. I gotta look up that one, find out how to pronounce that one correctly. And then we got the Great Yellowstone Thaw, right? Follow the wildlife dramas in Yellowstone as spring brings many new challenges. And then of course at midnight, uh, Amanpour, Right, comes on at uh, my born company comes on at midnight, normally 11 o'clock, but time turned back, so that's the reason why she's on now uh, at midnight. Thank you very much, um, <clears throat> Dr. Ellis, uh, for allowing me to uh, continue this or uh, wrap up this conversation um, with uh, Professor Honoree and um, Kira Edwards uh, from UVA. Kira, are you going home for Christmas or are you staying with us? I'm staying, so you're going to village and all that stuff. Yes, I am. Looking forward to that. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. First time ever? No, I was here last Christmas. So when last you went home for the summer? I went home for the summer, yes. The whole summer or just a couple of weeks? The entire summer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had a summer job or just your, 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 your brain was fried and you needed to relax? I had a summer job and I was also in summer classes. Okay. I did a lot. <laughs> summer classes, UVI online? UVI. Okay, so you, you're in a... a Accelerated graduation, or you're gonna do the full four years? Um, I'm trying to do do it in three years. You're trying to do it in three years. Yes. You want to get out? Yes. <laughs> okay. You don't want. You thinking about going to grad school or or not or immediately? Further? Not okay. immediately. Okay. So you're looking for work? Yes. You get the you get the document right. <laughs> you laughing after you laughing after my accent, oh, Professor Adderley? Huh? No, I'm laughing at how that her answers. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, because oh, because I, I said walk, which oh, is, wow. um, excuse me. Um, uh, you know, where UVR, will you be seeking employment? Yeah, <laughs> I will be seeking employment. <laughs> no, no, I'm just having fun with that one, uh, which is which is good. Um, but you do want to um, further education? You yes. see that happening post post UVI? Definitely PhD. PhD and and right now, what's your major? Right you, now, I'm in accounting. Accounting. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you think you're gonna UVI or maybe mainland? Or or England or or um, UW UWA. Um, I'm not sure. Because you got a lot of options, right? Yes, there's a lot of options. What's what's the university in Dominica right now? Um, there is the University of the West Indies. It's the um, it's not the open campus. Yes, the open campus. Open campus. Right. Okay. What was it about the University of the Virgin Islands that attracted you? I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I could see why it's attractive. I mm -hmm. mean, I get this vista every morning. But in your case, what was it? based on curriculum or what, what, what were you looking at? The curriculum was definitely one. It's, they, they have a proven track record, especially in accounting. And uh, I didn't want to go too far from home. 
So UVI was the right fit for me. Okay, that's why that's what I'm talking about. So, Professor, mm-hmm. how many students you got? In our department, in our we department, have um, yeah. actively about seventy-five. Seventy-five, mm-hmm. and um, in talking to them and getting a feel for them, um, what's your take going forward in terms of them processing and understanding communications, and why um, being as accurate as possible is so important nowadays with the advent of social media? Right. Um, that's a good question because of the whole, what was it, uh, thing this lady came up with, uh, facts, alternative facts. Yeah, that's the term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we really stressed the uh, importance. Fake news, according to Donald Trump. Fake news, right. Yeah. And um, trying to, under, you know, getting, getting a, a person's opinion, or, again, speaking for the uh, marginalized communities people, for people that don't necessarily have a voice but that you have to be accurate when you're giving that information uh, we do a, a lot of we, we actually go back to remember the story with Janet Cook many years ago Cook C-O-O-K-E where she did the story of Jimmy the little boy who was supposed to be a heroin addict no I'm not familiar with that well it was just it went viral she got a Pulitzer for it and he found out she had lied about it right oh. so we do that in one of my classes about because the story was very compelling mm-hmm. it was you know great all of you know she, she seemed like she could put some facts in there but it wasn't true and and she actually said journalism back well, a little bit for people of color because she was a black woman that they had hired and mm-hmm. found out that all this was not true. So we really uh, focus on being careful, but also because so many things have changed with social media, blogs, whatever, and pe- and explaining to you know having students understand that you have to get you know Neville James' name spelled right. You know, you spell it without the e, mm-hmm. or you spell it with. One L, mm-hmm. right? Number, that's important, you know. But because yeah, in my some, case, it's, it's both L's right, and, and the, an E. You know, so you have yeah. to make sure, and, and you know, and, and you know, just just the idea that some things, little things that they think that oh, that's why, why would why would you care about that? But you have to have that important. You know, that's important. You have to, you know, whether you're going to be sued or whatever. But the point is that you want to take pride in what you do in your work, and so that has been. Well, the New York Times had a problem with that some while back, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, um, they had. Uh, one of their writers was making stuff, making stuff up on the fly, and right. got away with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and that's a reputable, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I think I read recently that uh, it was New York Times that was using. They found out they were using AI. They had two writers that were not, didn't even exist. Wow! And they had stuck the name yeah. on them, and it was an AI-generated yeah. Yeah. situation. So. so, 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 Kira, when you hear examples like that, and you want to make sure that um, what your uh, what is reflected. And, and UVA Voice 2.0 is real and, and, and not, and when we were growing up, nonfiction, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what are you looking for? What are you asking of your contributors? Um, not to guarantee anything, but just to ensure that they realize um, that they have an obligation to make sure what they're saying is accurate and true. Well, we're definitely looking for sources. Where did you get your information? Mm-hmm. Did you go online? If you went online, direct us to where you got the background information, direct us to the people that you actually spoke to mm-hmm. and what did they actually say? Do you have a recording to back up what you just wrote first? Mm-hmm. So sources are very important in terms of making making sure that what we write is actually true. 2023 going into 2024, 
um, President uh, Kira Edwards, what do you want for the UVA Voice 2.0 um, as as New Year's resolutions and 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 desires um, going forward? Going forward, I definitely would like to see more members, active members as well. It's not just a club for communication students. Um, I would like to stress that it's for all majors are invited to the club. We also will be hosting our Caribbean Cinematic and Arts Film Festival that will be coming up in the spring semester. Mm -hmm. And next year, we'll once again do our journalism summit. So these are always on our agenda along with some service activities. Um, currently, actually, we do have a holiday special that is live on YouTube and will be airing on your station and other stations as well. It's, okay. Yes, it's an adaptation of Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus. We put a little VI twist on it. So look out for that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many members are right now in the club? There's about 10 to 15 members. 10 to 15? Yeah, we're a and, very small group. And you, you're looking for growth? Yes. And expansion. Um, Professor Allen, are you proud of Kira and, and everybody else who's playing a role in this? Yeah, so you can tell I'm beaming right now. Right, right. <laughs> I am. Uh, uh, Kira is a shining example of, again, students that you, you might not have even thought about communications or journalism. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, because everybody knows in their background, they know what finance is, they know what accounting is, business. But when you say communications, media, they're like, eh. You know, and the parents are concerned, obviously, what kind of job they're going to get. You mm -hmm. know? And so we really want to encourage people to, to, to find out more about the club, about the group, about the department, about the discipline, because there are so many opportunities right now. Even you just think about you might be in um, economics, but you love to surf the web, you know, you social media. And right now, I think one of the buzzwords is a communication specialist. Mm -hmm. So every area is looking for somebody to translate to the regular person what this is all about we had a student recently that just did a, he was a, he did a basketball player in st thomas but he did a story on this whale that they a whale that was found in st uh, st john and again he had to get up and walk over to the marine science area and find out what was going on so he's not a scientific journalist i mean he hadn't had any background in that but it was just the idea that you just don't ever know, you know, when you'll need to um, put, um, and just, I just, I can't stress enough how many options there are right now for people, uh, many, many, many more than when I was in school and whether it's social media, whether you want to um, write or, or dissect information to make the public understand what that particular specialty is about. But, you know, it's just so many options that you have out there and they pay well. You know, uh, well but but uh, what I'm noticing is, uh, you know, back in the day, Mm -hmm. When when I was in college, long before you existed, <laughs> she wasn't thought of. <laughs> right, right, wasn't thought of. Right. Um, one major was sufficient. That's no longer the case right. in, in this day and age now. And mm -hmm. as someone who watches a lot of TV, I'm seeing a lot of folks in the legal profession mm -hmm. making a lot of money on TV, making mm -hmm. appearances on all these mm -hmm. different cable outlets. Right. You see, uh, like last night, you know, of course, you had the big news with the Trump thing in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing, if I didn't see uh, between CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever it is, CBS News, at least 15 to 20 lawyers uh -huh, right. being interviewed for perspective. And then a lot of them are now legal analysts <laughs> right. for the cable, cable station. You see that, right, Kira? Yes, I've seen that. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so um, you know, uh, it looks like double majors are the way to go. 
right? No, it is. You know what I'm saying? So and you have to know your current events. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you, but you gotta be able to articulate, Kira. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That, that's the most important. You, you might be good in subject matter, and you say accounting what you want, but then somebody might need you to come on TV to break down how to process. That's true. Right, something mm-hmm. that's going on. So that's why, journal. It looks like everybody should look at some form of journalism right right as mm-hmm. a secondary or a complementary right mm-hmm. discipline to what you want to do from a specialty standpoint what's, I agree. what's your take on that i think it's about in this day and age it's about making yourself as marketable as possible That's what I'm talking about. and communications 20, is really the way to go 20 years old and use them big words <laughs> big word like marketable and all that kind of thing and you know Mr. James one of the things I hear from industry all the time too and you know what are you looking for they want us to graduate students who can write and can speak yeah man you know and like you said with the pandemic and the different things that have happened they've been isolated so Mm -hmm. you have to know how to shake a hand and look a person in the eye and and talk you know without a doubt Kira I I, I need a favor from you okay go Um, ahead no 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 I, I got a pet peeve here about our libraries you know, mm-hmm. with the advent of the cell phone, our libraries have now moved to our back pocket, okay. right? And we don't go to libraries enough. You know, when we were younger, we didn't have cell phones, so mm-hmm. the library was very, very important. So if you could encourage uh, your classmates and all that stuff to embrace UVI library, mm-hmm. along with public libraries. Yes. Um, um, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna launch a campaign. We're going to do something mm-hmm. along those lines, uh, maybe bring you back. You know, let me know. Uh, let me know what you found out um, from your, your fellow students and all that stuff and classmates. And actually, Kira's group did a um, several. Well, actually, it was before the Palestine-Israeli situation with the Hamas, but they did about two years ago. Uh, well, I don't know if you were here. We did a um, Zoom, and we used the librarian at St. Thomas, and over, and they were really, really helpful with the resources. Uh-huh. Um, and we did like a Zoom session where people could, uh, and we did one for the uh, vaccination too, mm-hmm. vaccination hesitancy. So we tried to use. I was a librarian before I just went so back I, to school. I, 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 I didn't even. I didn't even, yeah, know, you didn't even yeah. know that, right? So yeah. I really pushed libraries and. Yeah. Yeah. So, the importance of libraries. They are very important. In it, it's one thing to get your news in your hand, but you can't beat that physical copy of a book. Wow. You can't beat that experience. Yeah, yo, <laughs> we got podcasts. So I gotta make sure to extract that what you just said there because it, it is so true. And I was saying, speaking about it earlier, uh, it isn't just about going to a library and, and reading. It's about discipline. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a library, that's a that's a quiet setting. It's all about focus right. and all that stuff, and, and that plays a part as well. I want to thank both of you uh, for making some time. Um, Professor Sharon Honore, UVI School of... Uh, Department of... Communi- Department of... Uh, yeah. With the communi- Communication Unit in the Department of Communication and Performing Arts. Okay, good. And Ms. Kira Edwards, you are... The President of the UVI ABJ. Which is? The University of the Virgin Islands Association of Black Journalists. And also? And also a communication student. Thank you very much, both of you, for being here today. Thank I'm you, looking Mr. forward James. to communicating with you in the future. And um, Tell my friend, um, Dean Harris. Kendra, Harris. Kendra Harris, yeah. Tell her Neville James say hey, look. You, sure <laughs> <laughs> you, you you're here for the, for the Christmas or are you heading out? Oh, no, I'm here. You're here? I'm yeah. here. I'm here, here. Yeah. You're here, here. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Thanks to both of you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Mr. James. Yeah, very like, much. I appreciate that. That was uh, Ms. Uh, Sharon Honore. She is a UVI professor, 
focusing on communications, and of course, uh, Miss Kira uh, Edwards, uh, out at DA. Know what I'm saying, what, what a tongue name again, Kira? Hmm? I'm from Goodwill. Goodwill. Yes. Goodwill. I, I got to, I got to write that one right down, so I appreciate that. What we're gonna do is uh we're gonna transition now from um Professor Anaria and Kira and uh um Esther Ellis from the Department of Health. I should be joining us uh online and looking forward to talking with her as well. And um I wish um a happy holidays uh to both um Miss uh Professor Anaria and, and Kira. And Kira Daya for the Christmas. All right, Kira ain't going home this time. Kira's staying here. This is the second Christmas she's going to spend with us. And we're looking forward uh, to them having a, a good time here uh, in uh, the Virgin Islands. Now, before uh, we bring in uh, uh, Dr. Ellis and the Department of Health, right? And, uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Great conversation. Uh, I, I want to say that, uh, you know, when we first uh, cranked up, uh, analyze this day two, right? Our second uh, guest was the Department of Health. And I knew then, right, from that conversation um, and the interest that we got from the from the, um, the listeners um, that uh, uh, the Department of Health was on the, on the right track. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Ellison, online already? Uh, so I want to say uh, good, Hi, mor- good morning. Hey, good morning. morning. Good, I'm here. Good morning, Dr. Ellis. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Long time no hear. All is well? Yes, all is well. Happy holidays happy. to you and all the listeners out there. Many happy returns. And I, I was talking about, uh, before we go to a break, um, how uh, you and uh, Commissioner Encarnacion came on uh, on April 28th, our second show. And we got so many calls. And we knew then that we, we were going to be okay. We know that the interest, <laughs> the the interest, Good, yes. the interest into the show was real. So I, I wanted to always always thank you uh, for being there with us in our infancy when we were born, and I appreciate of course, your contribution. Yeah, that was an honor. One of, we were on one of your first shows. Yeah, what an honor. Yeah, that, that, was, that was awesome. So we'll take a break, come back, and uh, get some info and update on the Department of Health and what the community is looking at in terms of making sure that uh, we keep our uh, our, our eyes dotted and our T's crossed as it relates to living in this new normal post-pandemic. Be back right after this. of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition. 
Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. this and we got uh, the good doctor uh, Esther Ellis from the Department of Health uh, on the line. Good morning doc, how are you? Good morning again, I'm, I'm well. Good. Thank you for having me here. It's wonderful to be here on behalf of uh, Health Commissioner Encarnacion as well. No man, so tell us about Department of Health. We're glad that you made some time this morning to talk to us. How's the department doing? Yeah, well there, there's a lot going on. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start with lead. I'll talk a little bit about flu and, and then we can also talk about COVID but mm-hmm. um, as, as we know, the Governor Bryan issued a state of emergency at the end of October, October 31st, to address lead in the potable water. And on November 24th, President Biden also granted a federal state of emergency to address this. And as part of that emergency response, the Virgin Islands Department of Health offered free pediatric lead screening to children zero to six years old. And this age group is most at risk because they're still developing physically and mentally, as well as lead can negatively affect a child's intelligence, ability to pay attention, and academic achievement. And and I had you know quite a few questions that why only zero to six, and um, and if you're an adult you and you want to get tested, you can also get tested at any of the um, private labs. But really. Another reason why that age group was tested is because children absorb nearly four times as much lead from the GI tract than adults, and children less than two years of age retain retain half of absorbed lead, whereas adults only retain 1%. And um, it's also important to know that lead can cross the blood-brain barrier, the placenta, and breast milk. So if you're pregnant um, and you're already seeing a provider, you should be seeing a provider go ahead and also get tested for lead because lead can actually cross the placenta into your developing baby. And so testing for lead, um, lead is retained in the blood for a little over a month, 28 to 36 days, soft tissue for 40 days, and bones greater than 25 years old. And um, we really wanted to understand the baseline uh, more, how, how much lead is there in our children, in the blood, 
And uh, if we found any cases, make sure we go into the home to determine the exposure. And um, it, most children actually don't have any signs and symptoms of blood exposure. And so a blood test is the best way to determine if a child has been exposed. And the pediatric blood screening test is just a finger prick. And we take a drop of blood. And um, there is, uh, that's just, like I said, a screening test. So if that's positive, then that has to be followed up with a venous blood draw where you take blood directly from the vein to confirm whether that's a true positive or potentially a false positive. And false positives you can get because you might have a little contamination on the outside of your skin. Um, and it's such a small amount, that capillary blood test. So it's not the most accurate test, but it's the best test to use for screening. So we um, actually finished our testing on Friday. We went to public, private, and parochial schools and um, provided testing on campus as well as daycares. And so far we've tested uh, 1,270 children and we detected uh, 50 and the venous blood draw has been completed uh, for 44 and 44 were negative for lead, 43 were negative for copper. Um, we, are, we also, in the venous blood draw, tested for copper, because if you are positive for lead, you're more likely to potentially be positive for copper. And so we had two lead positives and three copper positives, and we've gone into those homes for those positives and done an environmental assessment. Um, there's Lead can be in a lot of things, and not just the water. So um, common sources of lead exposure are water, paint, soil, Car batteries, um, lead can be in imported toys, cookware, spices, herbs, fishing weights and sinkers, as well as industrial, automotive, and marine time uh, occupations. No. And so, no, yeah, go ahead. No, I know that your, um, your agency had issued a warning with respect to brushing teeth and all that stuff uh, to not use um, the potable water, to use um, bottled water. Is that still in effect? Um, that is still in effect, and um, but it's looking like the testing um, has confirmed that it's not really as widespread. Mm -hmm. The problem is we initially um, had thought, and so I do anticipate that being lifted soon. Um, and working with the EPA, kind of their the guidelines weren't um, always exactly clear, so we have. Um, been kind of aired on the side of an abundance of caution, which <laughs> from a health perspective, we really always try to try to um, come from that angle. It's better to be safe. And um, so it is still advised to not brush your teeth with um, potable water. No. Um, <clears throat> the EPA, um, Zeno Bain, he's been a, 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 a regular uh, contributor to the program, keeping us up to date. There was a there was a discussion. I think it was last week, mm, Wednesday, at the Rotary Club in West. The Department of Health participate in that. Yes, yes, and um, I I gave a presentation as well. Okay. Um, a so, lot about what we've just talked about, uh, more from the health perspective. But that was a really great town hall. We had all the agencies there, and every agency did present. Um, what they're working on and what they found so far and next steps. There'll also be a town hall today for businesses at 10 a.m., a virtual town hall. And so that'll be on Zoom, Facebook, um, lots of different ways you can watch that uh, government um, 
Access Channel as well as the government uh, Facebook page should be there as well. What day is that? Today. That's today. So oh, that's a, another another <laughs> another thirty five minutes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and um, I I think this uh, this screening in children really did show us that um, we're not seeing a lot of lead in the blood of of our children, which is great. Um, we usually the kids. Uh, usually get tested before Head Start anyway, so we did have some historical data that we looked at as well, and we usually see about two to three positives per year. Um, and we already, when those positives come up, go into the home and do a home assessment to try to figure out where the lead is coming from and how to uh, prevent uh, further exposure for that family. Speaking of which... Um the COVID updates, which used to be an hourly thing, <laughs> and, and then a daily. No, I'm just joking. It used to be a daily thing. Um, they are, are, they, are they still weekly or monthly now, or biweekly? Uh, they're they're still weekly. Uh, we we really wanted to watch this closely over the holidays and and carnival time, and when people are gathering, our numbers are still really low. Um, we have in the report that went out on the 18th, uh, it goes out every Monday, and the Sunday's a holiday, it'll go out on a Tuesday. Uh, in that report, we had an increase for the week of 115 cases. I mean, sorry, we did 115 tests. We had nine positives and 106 negatives. We currently in the territory have seven active cases, so these numbers are great. Um, eight on St. Croix, one on St. Thomas, none on St. John. And were the new cases, and then active. We have six active cases on St. Croix, one active case on St. Thomas, and none on St. John. So uh, historically, really January, uh, December, January have been really high. Yeah, been rough. Um, That's a rough time because a lot of congregating taking place. Yeah, but so far our numbers are very low. And and for COVID, I would just say do what we all know to do: stay home if you're sick, wash your hands. Um, if you yourself are immune compromised or um, don't really need to make sure you don't get COVID, wear a mask. And, you know, as a community, we don't judge someone if they're wearing a mask or, or not that accept everyone's individual choices. But um, definitely uh, the stay home if you're sick is really critical during this holiday time to protect uh, all of our loved ones. Without a doubt. And then to close out the lead, um, so oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I apologize about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you love love all the COVID data, which mm-hmm. is which is good, and these numbers are great. So thank you for asking about that. Um, if you're listening and you want to get tested for lead yourself or your child didn't have the opportunity yet, you can still go to St. Croix Clinical Lab. Uh, that number is seven seven eight five three six nine, or you can go to Fredericksted Healthcare. That number is seven seven two zero two six zero, and if you have concerns about water sampling, that would go to um, the VI Department of Planning and Natural Resources. Their number is five one four three six six six. There's also information about the government's response to the water emergency on uh, an official website called cleanwaterusvi.com. Um, and any, any questions about lead before we move into a little bit of flu? No. Um, well, well, yeah. Let me let me let me ask this 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 question, right? Um, the the discussion last Wednesday, right, down at the Rotary, um, further said Rotary, right? Uh, Zenobain claimed 
uh, well, he told us that uh, a number of different agencies um, would be involved, and you confirmed that this morning. Um, they, uh, we've been having an issue with uh, WAPA, and when the governor was here um, with his uh, uh, policy advisor, um, it was determined that this is not a WAPA issue, this is an infrastructure issue. Right, where we had all these, uh, you know, old old pipes and uh, erosion and and all that stuff was uh, playing a, a part into the uh, the reason why we were seeing the lead uh, and and all that. Um, was public Department of Public Works a part of that discussion last Wednesday as well, or was this just? Yes, yes they they were they were there too. And and yes, you're correct. It is an infrastructure issue, and that's why if you flush the line, if you leave your water running for five to ten minutes, then the water coming through the pipe after that flushing does not contain lead because um, what's happening is is as the water sits, the water starts off, not a problem, and as it sits in um, some of these pipes that may be leaching lead into the water, um, that's that's the issue, an infrastructure issue, as you said. Okay, good. So, so, So that's confirmed that it's an infrastructure issue, it's not a WAPA issue per se. That's your that's your understanding yes, as well. That's my understanding, and and also um, the agencies are working to replace um, many of these lines, and uh, we have a machine at the Department of Health called XRS. Um, it almost looks like a big barcode scanner, but you can actually use it to point it at um, uh, at a pipe, for example, and it can tell you exactly what's in the pipe: um, lead, copper, uh, various metals, and the level. So um, that's been used to be able to confirm, okay, this particular piping does have lead. We're going to remove this, replace it with this other component that we um, showed with the XRF definitely does not have lead and um, go through and start replacing uh, piping that needs to be replaced in you know, the highest um, or most critical areas first. So Department of Health isn't just uh, public health and, and, and testing stuff in labs. Y'all are also part of the infrastructure deal as well, where you have... Yeah, and the the reason why we have that XRF is because um, we had been, prior to this emergency, if someone tests positive for lead, we want to, we go into the home and we test um, the walls, the water, the paint, um, the toys, uh, cooking pots. Uh, Cooking pots is actually, um, in in learning more about this, uh, a significant source of um, lead so um, and this has been an issue in other states uh, not just us so so actually Washington State did a study recently um, that that show kind of which cooking pots are of concern and if those um, and and some of those can contain uh, leachable lead and so according to the FDA those definitely should not be sold and it, it does pose a health risk, but these pots are very common in Latin America and the Caribbean um, because of uh, just uh, the way that they're made and with a mix of metals. So it's, you know, more than just water that we're looking at. We're also looking at the entire home as a holistic approach to where is this coming from? How is this um, getting into the, the children in that home? Awesome stuff there. We can move to flu now. Because I know you're ready. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so for flu, 
Definitely get vaccinated. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, now is the perfect time because we haven't really come into the height of our flu season yet. So you get it now, you're protected um, throughout the season. Flu is an annual vaccine because the virus mutates every year. And so the particular flu vaccine each year is based on the strains that appeared the previous year and predictions as far as, you know, what strains might be circulating this year to um, provide as much protection as possible. And so uh, everyone six months and older should get the flu vaccine. We're especially concerned about our elderly whose immune systems may be weak and very young children whose immune systems are still developing. So that those two populations face the highest risk if infected with the flu. And uh, if you get the vaccine, it definitely gives your immune system the tools to fight an infection faster so you don't get as sick. So signs and symptoms, people who are sick with the flu, they often feel some or all of these symptoms, fever, cough, sore throat, runny nose, muscle or body aches, headaches, uh, fatigue or tiredness. And some people can have vomiting and diarrhea, though that's more common in children. And it's important that uh, everyone with the flu will have a fever. So um, if, if uh, your symptoms are severe enough to seek medical care, there's also some warning signs. In children, the warning signs would be fast breathing or trouble breathing, bluish lips, um, the ribs pulling away with each breath, chest pain, uh, severe muscle pain. So in a child, a young child, that might just be the child is refusing to walk because it's hurting them. Uh, dehydration, not alert or interacting when awake, seizures, a fever above 104. And in any children less than 12 weeks, any fever can be very dangerous and uh, you should seek medical care immediately. And in adults, um, some of those are the same difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, uh, persistent pain or pressure in the chest or abdomen, persistent dizziness, confusion, inability to get moving, also seizures, uh, not urinating, so also dehydration, severe muscle pain, uh, weakness or unsteadiness, and uh, fever or cough that uh, improves but then returns or worsens. And so the flu vaccine is really the best method. It's a proven method to reduce the severity of symptoms of the flu okay, let me, and uh, getting the vaccine and prevent spread to the community. I apologize. Let me uh, take a break there. We'll be back right after this with Dr. Esther Ellis from the Department of Health giving us all our pointers and guidance for the uh, upcoming season with a lot of us going to be con congregating and uh, update at the UVA, at, at uh, Department of Health. Be back right after this. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. Stone National Park. The winter is brutal. But when the mercury rises, 
life gets intense. From a frigid minus 40 degree winter to a 100 degree smoldering summer. For the animals trying to adapt, the struggle is real. Witness the epic story of survival. As they get hungry, they're going to take more risks. Tune in Wednesday at 11 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here on Analyze This, and we're joined by um, one of ours right now, um, Dr. Esther Ellis uh, from the Department of uh, Health, giving us an update and some guidance as to what we, where we are and what we should be looking for going forward as it relates to uh, public health. By the way, Esther, how's Brett? How's Brett doing? He's, he's good. He's good. Good. How's Esther doing? I mean, how um Tita doing? I'm, Tita, I'm Tita. Yeah, I'm good. Good morning, everyone again. <laughs> now, I mix up the names. How's Tita Wonderful doing? Wonderful to be here. Yeah. <laughs> How's Husta doing? Esta, Tita Encarnacion. Yeah, she's great as well. She's sorry she couldn't be here today. She's um, traveling between the islands right now. But mm. um, definitely sending her season's greetings to everyone as well. Okay, um, and the whole... And the, whole, the holidays, wonderful, wonderful time. And the, entire, and, and the entire public health uh, family, Department of Health, how y'all making out? Good, they, yeah, they, and really good. We have some exciting things happening at the Department of Health. Um WIC just opened a new, had a um, ribbon cutting for a new building on St. Thomas. So lots of things happening um, from the infrastructure side to, to um, provide more, to be able to provide more services to the community in a beautiful space. Um, so, yes, everyone's well. Uh, we were talking before the break about flu. Mm -hmm. And so I did just want to get a chance to let everyone know where you can get vaccinated. Because <laughs> we talked about how important it is to get a vaccine, especially for um young children and uh, the elderly. And so the Department of Health has the flu vaccine for all ages at no cost. It's available on St. Croix from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Thursday at the Department of Health Clinic. And that's currently located on the second floor of 35 Castle Coakley Unified. And that's uh, also known as the old Caribe Home Center building. No appointment is necessary. On St. Thomas, for adults, vaccinations are available 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday to Thursday, at the Community Health Clinic, which is located at the Schneider Regional Medical Center, the second floor. 
And then on St. John, you can visit the Morris de Castro Clinic between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Uh, our, our flu cases also are currently low, um, just like COVID, but we're pre-season for flu, so now is the perfect time to get vaccinated before our um, cases start to spike and before you actually get the flu. And so we've actually had a total of 15 cases so far in October and November. And that's even a little lower than last year this time. Last year this time we had 39 cases for that same period. Um, so we're doing good with our, our flu numbers, but like I said, that we're pre-season. So important to um, go ahead and get your free flu vaccine now. Now, um, I remember um, it was either late 2020, December 2020, I believe it was December 2020, not 21. And one of my callers, um, they were... They inquired about the flu shot, and that um, every year the flu shot is 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 uh, you, you learn from the process, and the flu shot is upgraded so that it, it could be a, a stronger, um, you know, resistant um, dynamic or or medicine um, or vaccine um, to 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 what might be out there in terms of. Uh, the virus impacting our elderly population in particular. Uh, is that is that the case where from time to every year you're learning and you're, you're finding yeah, out more yeah, about it and and, sure, and you and you update sure. and you update the the, yeah. the strength of the of, of the med, the vaccine. Yeah. So so uh, viruses are very smart, and um, every year they change. Um, just enough so that your immune system can't recognize them anymore to neutralize them quickly and respond as if you've had it before. Um, it's called antigenic shift and antigenic drift, if mm-hmm. there's any virologist listening. And um, when that happens, you no longer have immunity. Um, so the flu vaccine does um, change every year, and it's based off of what was circulating the prior year and um, and a, a algorithm to determine what's the best formulation to protect against what this year's vaccine is going to be through forecasting and modeling and um, various scientific methods. So yes, every year the way you put it is, is true that flu vaccine is upgraded. It's based on um, information that we learn so that it's the best possible vaccine uh, to protect you against what's actually going to circulate this this year or this this winter, 2023, 2024. Okay. Okay, good. Now, um, RSVP, uh, what was it R, uh, RSVP or RVSP? What, what was it? What was that virus? RSV. 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 What, what, uh, where are we on that? Is that no longer an issue, a concern? It, it's still a concern. Um, we haven't seen a lot of RSV here, which is good. Um, there is also a vaccine for RSV now for at-risk um individuals so if it becomes a problem that's something that will promote as well um but but yes i mean that's definitely an issue more stateside um i guess we're we're pretty lucky in the uh in the virgin islands where we have beautiful weather uh year round and also the ability to congregate outside which does prevent um some of the transmission of of these viruses and um and we we haven't seen uh, an RSV outbreak or uh, um, many cases of RSV, which is wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, to crystallize the discussion, you feel good about where we are um, as it relates to public health here in the Virgin Islands? Yes. 
definitely. We, I feel good. Um, even when we have something like this, uh, lead in the water, we have incredible partners that um, can come and help us. So we, we had CDC that came and helped us for um, a couple weeks before Thanksgiving to help do some of this pediatric um, capillary blood lead testing. And uh, EPA, uh, wonderful partners, and the ability to get federal funding as needed to respond to a state of emergency. Uh, we've kind of demonstrated the, the um, importance of these partners through COVID and those relationships still um, carry on to whatever public health uh, threat we're facing. And so we do a lot in the background to um, monitor what's happening uh, with all the reportable diseases. And if anything is of concern, get the information out to the community so you know what's happening, how to protect yourself, uh, signs and symptoms, and uh, also the medical community informing them so they know what's happening in the community. So when they see patients, they're more able to to determine what it could be if there's a dengue outbreak, for example, we would let the providers know right away. But right now, um, things are really good. Our, our numbers are low for reportable diseases, and uh, we'll hope uh, to continue that through the holidays and just ask everybody to do what you already know to do, to protect yourself, to protect your families, to stay safe, um, wash your hands, cough into your shoulder, and to wear a mask if you need to stay home if you're sick all those things that we all know um do them extra over this time since there's many people getting together and so there is the opportunity potential or the potential for um diseases to spread in in these types of situations when we're all gathering so let me ask this question man. This, this is the, the real question because when um <clears throat> we were three and a half years ago June, May, May, June 2020, when we didn't know when this thing was, would end. But we knew that they were working on a vaccine. And the dream was two words known as herd immunity. So here's the question. Have we achieved that in the U.S. Virgin Islands? Um, it, it's really hard to answer that question. Uh, Three years after the I vaccine just, has, has, has been out, um, yeah. Dr. Ellis, I mean, the vaccine we, became we available probably, in December 2020. Did. I'm just, because you know I'm a data person. I know, I, I know, I know. I know that we did, except for like maybe the data that our cases are so low. Well, well check and, this out, um, check this out. Let, 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 let's, let, let's go back. Let's do the educational thing. What is herd immunity by definition? So herd immunity is really when... Um, enough of the population has either gotten the virus or gotten vaccinated so they can't um, be infected again and it protects those around them that haven't gotten the virus or haven't gotten vaccinated usually and and for every virus that um, herd immunity tipping point is different it depends on how contagious it is incubation period a lot of different factors um, but it's usually around 80 percent um, and so if 80 percent of people have either gotten the virus or been vaccinated, then the other 20% that are hanging out with those 80% are protected um, by by default, <laughs> by by herd immunity. They're protected by the herd because the majority of the herd is protected. So um, we were struggling at one point to get to that number. However, the denominator changed, right? Um, um, because of the 2020 census, right? where we were using yeah the, yeah the denominator changed and we actually found out because the denominator was less 
mm-hmm. that we were more, we had a uh, higher I, I, percent vaccination yes, than, yes. than we had thought, which was great. Yes, um, and so yes. we redid the analysis. We showed that um, we had a lot, uh, a much higher vaccination uh, yeah, rate. Yeah, I, I think the number had us at like 54% for a long time, when in reality we were closer to 70, something like that. Correct. Yep, that is correct. So, um, yeah, that was that was great news. I mean, really, you. Um, well, it was bitter. It was bitter. It was bittersweet. It was bittersweet because we need X amount of population to be eligible for federal grants and all that stuff. So that's the that was the yeah. that, that was the uh, that was the, the the well the silver lining was the, the with the denominator decreasing. We had a higher percentage of those of us who were here that were vaccinated. But at the same time, as it relates right. to federal federal well, benefits and all that stuff, you know, we were we were teetering Yeah, and there. we did an analysis too, um, and it was uh, our analysis was estimating the bias in COVID nineteen vaccine coverage under changing population sizes. So mm-hmm. um, that was really important. We presented that um, in in um, various forums, national forums. But um, our our vaccination coverage, like you said. Um, changed drastically and uh we actually were able to show that we met that um that goal that the governor had sent which was um 50,000 vaccinated residents corresponding to roughly 50 percent vaccine coverage we met the goal of the vaccine coverage sooner much sooner than we had thought um because the population decreased from 106,405 to 87,000 146. Mm-hmm. So our vaccine coverage jumped uh, 12 percentage points higher. Yeah, from 54 to 66 or 67, somewhere around there. So that's good. Hey, um, Dr. Ellis, man, I missed you. You know what I mean? I missed Tita. I missed, <laughs> missed all I of missed you. I missed you too. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to jump over to the um, yeah, do, do what you gotta the do. town hall. Yeah, do and that. So if and anyone's uh, listening and wants to hear more about lead from all the other agencies, yeah, give, give um, them, give them, join give, us there as well. Yeah, give them some direction. Uh, where, where can they go to, to have to access this um, meeting? Okay, so if you um, are, you can actually access it on the WAPA's Facebook page. Um, let me pull up all the different options. Um, Let's see, all the different options for accessing it in a minute. Okay, so you can actually register in advance. Um, If you go to the Clean Water website, um, there's a, uh, on the the home page, it'll say Wednesday, December 20th, 10 a.m. to 11.30, virtually on Zoom and Facebook Live. So you can either go to facebook.com forward slash USVI WAPA, or you can join the Zoom meeting. There's also a QR code on the website, and so that website is www.cleanwaterusvi.com. Mr. Ellis, on behalf of uh, the Department of uh, Health here in the U.S. Virgin Islands, I want to thank you for making some time uh, this morning to give us an update as to where we are from a public health standpoint. Happy holidays to you, uh, the agency, your family, and, and the people of the Virgin Islands, and looking forward to communicating with you in 2024. Thank you. Thank you so much. And right back at you. Happy holidays to you. Uh, Happy holidays to all the listeners. And um, stay safe and healthy through this wonderful holiday season. Thank you very much, Dr. Esther Ellis. Akrushan of Virgin Islander (laughs) by choice. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. That's Esther Ellis from Department of Health. Uh, Tita, you owe me one. Okay.
Justa Encarnacion, Commissioner of Happiness, LGO, everyone. But, of course, Esther did a great job. And, by the way, good morning, um, Taika Milhan Caesar. Uh, and you are also a, a very important part of uh, educating me and the audience um, and the public at large uh, during the, the, the throes of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 and 2021 into 2022 when we had the Omicron uh, uh, virus that was um, much more contagious but apparently uh, less damaging uh, than uh, Delta and the original strain and all that stuff. So, good. Hey, great show today. Um, I want to thank uh, Ms. Uh, Professor Anna Ray and Kira Edwards from the UVI uh, for joining us in hour number one into hour number two. Now, don't forget the news feed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas is at 5 p.m. Uh, you stay on top of all of the local news uh, with the news feed right here on 93.5. Okay, you ain't want uh, to miss that. Okay, so I think we're good, right? Tomorrow, though, right? We're gonna we're gonna have some fun um, breaking down this legal issue because it is pretty much what everybody's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Colorado Supreme Court dropped the haymaker, right? And um, I believe I'll get uh, one or two of my table talk members to join myself and Dwayne Henry uh, to break down not only the legal and political ramifications but the constitutional issues. You know what I'm saying? Because uh can't ignore, you know, the fact that as we speak right now, he is a citizen just like me and you. He's no longer the president. So we got to figure out if that two-tiered America is very much in effect. Be good and be safe. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.